a tradition of excellence dating back to 1859. Let's continue that excellence here. Welcome back to Chatting at the Sea. I am, of course, your host, Mr. Ben Beckman, here on early days, preschool days, sitting here with Mrs. Beth Wilson. Beth, how are you doing today? Great. It's great to be together. These We were talking these first so many days are such a, there's such like a gray, like weird area, isn't it? It's the in-between. Yeah. Where you like know you have things to do and there's things you know you need to work on, but you're like, not there yet. And things are familiar and they're unfamiliar and... yeah. You have the anticipation of the students coming in a week, mm-hmm. but you also enjoy the calm of the building before they get here. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's, I a, always, it's a good time. I always think my first lessons are the worst because I'm not in that like mode yet of like making really good lessons. Because then once I get in the swing, oh, yeah, like this is I do these these activities all the time. Like, well, yes. And every year I come back and I the first time I'm teaching, I'm walking down the stairs to the front of the classroom and I'm thinking to myself. Do I remember how to teach? <laughs> like a little nervous, like I've been doing this for a while, but does this work? Like, will I be okay here? It's so funny. That's Are the crazy. words actually going to come out of my mouth? <laughs> it's like that. I always joke that like we can teach in front of kids and have no problem. Then you sit in front of like adults and you're like, wow, this is like scary. Which it's a little bit more intense. Such a weird thing. Such a weird thing. Okay. So we are getting ready for the year. So let's uh, start with our first question. I ask everybody this one. What makes Central such a special place? Oh my gosh. So many things, There's right? So many Such things go thing. through my mind. It's so not tough, but it's just <laughs> so tough to narrow down because there are so many special things about this place. Yeah. So I kind of see it in layers and connections and it's where community blends into family, blends into history, mm-hmm. but yet we're so, we so live in the present here with the thought that we're creating and working for the future and so it's just really kind of a magical place i love i love the connection of like you had said we embrace the tradition so much and we're creating a new tradition all the time all the time in fact we do this exercise when we do freshman orientation students come into the library with Mm -hmm. um, their freshman seminar classes and we talk to them about the traditions. We have them raise their hands and tell us whose parents went here, whose siblings go here or went here. Do you have grandparents who went here? Do you have great grandparents who went here? Mm -hmm. And we are amazed at the generations that have gone through here. Yeah. And then we talk to them about, think about it, 20 years from now, your kid, your own offspring might be sitting in these actual seats, just like your parents were here. And the looks on their faces, you know, they're 14. They're not thinking about this, but I think that really cements for them the kind of tradition that we have here and how they're just here for a very small amount of time, very brief. When it makes like, what they've gone through, like I always tell students when teaching history is so great here, especially because whatever they went through, whatever the through historic periods, there's been kids here. Yes. And they've been in the building and like, oh, your grandparents were here when the Cold War was going on and there was air raid sirens. And we have our, our fallout shelter sign outside of Central even, too. Which is so classic. Oh, yeah, I love that. And it's like you could be these are big moments in time that you as like when you're 14 is like this is just life. But then for them, it, it's when, 
when you can relate it to students sat in this classroom. In fact, here are pictures. Let's go to the yearbooks online yes. and pull up pictures and stories of the things that were happening mm -hmm. in those times in the, these actual halls and classrooms. Yes. Oh, it's unlike anything else. It's like etched in. I always think of like etched into the wood or etched into the limestone type thing. Like it's always there. For sure. Like a dead poet society type thing uh, feeling there. So. Let's look back, though. Let's go back early in your career. You started your career at Buffett Middle School before coming to Central High School. What was that transition like going from the middle level to the high school level? And did you were you, you were in the classroom first before becoming a librarian? OK, let's start all. Let's just start, start from scratch. Go, OK, so so in a sense, this uh, library thing that I do is my third career. <laughs> okay. So my my original degree is in journalism from the University of Kansas. Okay. And um, I worked in business as kind of the wordsmith for a couple of small businesses for about 10 years total. Stayed home with my two boys for 10 years. Wow. And God when, bless you. When, <laughs> when my youngest one, Tommy, went to first grade, I said, you know what? This is not going to be enough for me. Mm -hmm. I know I don't want to go back into the business world. I need to find something else. Yeah. So long story short, I went through library school. I did a one year intensive program that's called the TAP program that I know yep. you've heard of, mm -hmm. of and a lot of people here have, have gone through that. Um, and I spent a year split during the TAP program at Buffett and at Fullerton. Okay. I had a fifth grader there. And I had a third grader at Fullerton. Oh, yeah. So it was it was great. So I was teaching in both places because as a librarian, I am certified, endorsed to teach K through 12. Yep. So I have to do I had to do my practicums and my student teaching in both, both of levels. them in order yeah. to be certified. Mm -hmm. So then um, I knew I wanted to teach in OPS. There was no question about it. I originally started off thinking I want to teach, you know, I'm focused on K through two. I'm so excited to the littles, the, the, littles, the spaces, the carpet, the, spaces, the squares, the carpet. but mostly my love of reading. Like I wanted to yeah. instill my love of reading on those little, those little children. Mm -hmm. Well, once I went to Buffett, I was smitten and I knew that I had to be in the secondary school Yeah, because a secondary library is so much different. There's so much flexibility and my brain moves a mile a minute mm -hmm. and i have all of these other skills because i worked in business i have this journalism degree yeah um i'm also somewhat of a, a designer mm -hmm. and it, and and what the secondary level lets you do is it really lets you dig in and get creative about how to best meet your goals teach your children, work with teachers, yeah. communicate, 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 communicate. So I knew I wanted to be in the secondary school. Yeah. So at the end of that year, when I was looking for my next job, there were no secondary jobs that were available that were the right fit for me. Okay. So the supervisor of libraries at that time put me at three different elementary schools. Oh, wow. So, so out of a 10 day cycle in our elementary schools, I was at a different school every day. So I never had two days back to back where I was in the same school. So, and I was in three different parts of town. I was at, at Bancroft, I was at Castellar and I was at Saddlebrook. Oh, wow. So yeah, I was yeah. all, all over, over the place, place with all, I mean, three totally different communities. Mm -hmm. And I was burning the candle from both ends and, and it was fabulous and i loved it oh, wow. but i knew 
that eventually I would get into secondary. Yeah. I had worked for Dr. Bennett, our former principal Mm -hmm. at Buffett. He announced that he was moving to Central. The Central Librarian was retiring. And the rest is history. So here we are. That's awesome. So that's how I made the transition. So middle school, the middle schoolers are fun. I mean, they're a lot different than Mm -hmm. the high schoolers. When I moved into Central, it was really the first time that I had spent a lot of time, not as a high schooler, in a high school. And man, I saw those kids. They were grown up to me because my kids were still pretty young. Yeah, there's a lot of routines that need to be set. Yeah, right. So they were um, they were middle schoolers at that point. So to me, an 18 year old who is headed off to Stanford, they might as well have been 36. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so it's a lot. The high school is a lot different than middle school. I really probably would be happy anywhere, but I can't imagine being happier than 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 I am here in this role, in this job, in this community. Yeah, totally. I love that. I love the kind of the idea that you knew like there was so many there's just so much to with it like Mm -hmm. it's ever changing and like just I love that you love being at three schools though because it's such a it's such a great experience of experiencing different parts of the city like like you said schools are all different Mm -hmm. going being at Central versus South versus Burke versus Westview are very different experiences despite you might be teaching the exact same thing doing the exact same thing but different experiences and so much of it is driven by the leadership in the building yeah. You know, so your priorities are different at every place that you go. And um, anyway, that's great. You know, that's awesome. I didn't know. Obviously, that. I've made Central my home and I hope to not leave here until they carry me out in a, in a pine box. <laughs> <laughs> you probably wouldn't be the first. I don't know if that's true or not, but you probably wouldn't be the first to be carried out in a pine box. So we think back of when we all remember our own librarians from our years. We think of a, a very organized, quiet, stern woman who worked in the library and very quiet and and. Uh, just a different type of things, but that's not what librarians are anymore. I even called you a media specialist, which is an outdated term. Librarian, I feel like, doesn't encompass everything that comes with your job or your role here at Central High. So take us through how library services and librarians are changing here. Uh, So, okay, so, you know, the original big change really happened with the true identity, the true digital age. So around the turn of the century, right? So in the 90s, Partially in the 90s, and then as we moved into the 21st century, things really changed. So obviously, instead of having library, have, having book cards where you signed your name and put they put a due date on the library card, yeah. everything became digitized. Mm-hmm. So that was just the very beginning of libraries moving into, into the age. But yeah. of course, now, as you know, librarians, we... We have so many things that we can do that we can offer, um, sometimes based on our skills, sometimes based on our interests. So, you know, you've got some librarians or who are heavily involved in instructional technology, Mm -hmm. which is a direction that I have gone uh, definitely for the last. Well, probably I mean, I've now this is my 12th year teaching in OPS, but Mm -hmm. with my school, I'm looking at thinking about my schooling. So it's been almost 15 years that I have just been so interested in in instructional technology. So we do a lot of that. We offer so many things, I think, for our teachers working together with our teachers, whereas it used to be that the door was kind of closed and the 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 librarian did seem sterner and more controlling, shushing up the space and Mm -hmm. all of that. 
Um, I hope that we make this a more welcoming space than that. I mean, I just think it's a, it's almost a totally different experience, except yeah. that except that a lot of the same things are still happening. They just we do them differently. Yeah, the scope is getting bigger. I almost think the like scope is getting like, bigger, and there is no way that as an individual librarian, I could ever do a hundred percent of the scope. Oh yeah. No matter where I was working, but especially mm-hmm. in a school as large as Central, because I've got twenty five hundred students. Yeah. <laughs> and to meet all those needs and what every yes. kid wants to do and might not want to do, like that, you'd be pull yourself in every direction possible. Yeah, and I and. So we really pride ourselves here on collaborating with teachers to help them either either just help them with stuff that they're trying to plan, whether it's getting resources. We have a lot of assets here that we share out, meaning we've got those giant whiteboards and we've got laptop size whiteboards and we've got iPad or iPad keyboards and we've got headphones and we've got all sorts of things that we have here to provide for the classroom teacher. But then we also are like, we're a second brain. If you want to come and talk to us about how you might go about doing this or that, we can help you incorporate instructional technology into your lessons. Yeah. So many different directions we can go. That's crazy. And and most people probably think like librarian think books too. And that's, uh-huh. do you have compared to the old library to here, do you have less or more books? So we have about the same. We didn't do when we moved here in 2019, there was absolutely no plan to really purchase more. What we wanted, it was more room on the shelves. I hope that makes sense. And that is, you don't want to have a collection where your shelves are so tight that students can't get books in it. Yeah. There's no bookends because the end of the shelf is the bookend. Right. Exactly. (laughs) The end of the shelf is the bookend. Right. So um, really the idea was that we would take the collection that we had up in 225, bring it here. And just like every year we would, we would weed some out Mm -hmm. the ones that had gotten old that weren't getting checked out or that, you know, had um, broken spines or, you know, whatever. Um, But also use our budget to continue to grow the collection. So the numbers haven't really grown. I'll tell you where they've grown. And that is in the, the digital collection. Totally. That was my Uh next question as, so you think of, you have the same number of books, but then your digital collection is doubles it doubles or it's a huge amount. It's phenomenal. And people always ask me, so I'm guessing your students don't like to read print books anymore. And the answer is no, actually they do. Most of them prefer print books. I myself am a digital book person, Yeah. but most of our students want to have that experience where they're not on their device where they've separated themselves from the distractions and they're fully connected to the feel of the book, the smell of the book and all of that. And that's like, just like any adult, some people are Kindle people where it's like, I can, it's a never, the book, next book is a click away. That is, yes. (laughs) Whereas others are like, I want that experience. I want to escape. I want to have that separation too. Yeah, that's great. And I'll tell you what, without the digital collection over COVID, um, life for us would have been a lot more difficult. We were able to offer so much more to our students yeah. because of the amazing digital collection that the district has purchased. Totally. And it's mm-hmm. that investment of that forward thinking thing where you can, Hey, you can take this book anywhere. Hey, we mm-hmm. can send this to you home. Hey, we used to have the, there's the book cards that English uses that they push around that they'll check out books to be able to do that. Hey, that's on your iPad. You can do that in your iPad. 
it's just that like, hey, you can't lose this. Yes. <laughs> you, the spines won't get broken. You can't rip a page out. There's no gum in the inside of the book. Exactly. Like, long term, that, that book's probably going to last longer, right? And that's one that's one of the ways that I like to sell it. You don't have to worry about checking it back in because it's going to fall off of your digital shelf. Yeah. Anyway, to me, there are lots of lots of advantages. But I also understand the beauty of the book collection to walk into the room and have just have that goosebumpy feeling of look at all these books, all these stories, all the places that I could. Yeah, or even the the nostalgia of pulling the card out and like somebody famous checked out that book. Yeah, like that type of thing. Like it's so crazy. Let's take a quick break from our episode with Mrs. Bass Wilson to our Eagles do our Eagle shout outs. Eagle shout outs, of course, are brought to you by the Central High Foundation. Make sure, of course, you go to chsfomaha.org to become a Generation C member to support programs like Chatting at the Sea, the Omaha Central Broadcast, the Eagle Beats Club, tons and tons of opportunities to support current Eagles and former Eagles in several ways. Our first shout out goes to actually to the foundation over the summer. The foundation has put out several of their the quill and feather blog posts that are focusing on current teachers or former teachers i just got done reading the one about martha omar's uh teacher of the year major major shout out to omar for the great things she's doing uh so make sure you visit chsfomaha.org to uh, learn more about the quill and the squirrel our second shout out goes out to central high staff they are returning to the classroom teachers custodians uh, cafeteria workers, all sorts of, of those individuals are returning back to the classroom and getting ready for the 2023-24 school year. So major shout out to them, the pre-work they're doing. I know personally today I was at Buena Vista getting ready for my school year. So we're excited to hit the ground running and making sure we're bringing you as a student or you as a parent the best education possible. That's our shout out. Let's get back to our episode. office here in the library is probably like the next best office next to like principal Kirksey's or something like you just this space is so great so take us through in 2019 when you made that move obviously kind of stressful moving spaces and what's this going to look like and when will it be done take us through what it was like and will to, anyone ever come all the way down to us y- and of course that has ended up yeah. not being a problem but <laughs> will they come yes, to the basement will they, will they leave uh-huh. the third floor or the second floor to come yeah. down yeah so take us through what was that like what was that experience like so it was a really really enriching experience. Dr. Bennett, who again, who was the principal at the time, came to me and said, okay, you can't tell anybody. You cannot tell, you cannot even tell your spouse, Mm -hmm. but here is what we are talking about. And by Monday morning, I need a list of all of the things that you would put in an ideal new library space. And so I got to be a part of the conversation. And that was, yeah. you know, boy, did that raise my self-confidence mm-hmm. for me, just that alone. But yes. also to think that I was going to be able to affect the experience of, okay, here we go again, like all of our future students, yes. our future teachers, our future community, yeah. helping to make those decisions and, and, or at least the suggestions, you know, ultimately, Ultimately, I felt like a lot of a lot of things that we suggested they took into account. So it was yeah. it was really cool. Moving down here, my again, my first instinct was a, a little bit of fear. Are they going to yeah. come? And of course, we've made that that has that again has not been that has not been a problem. 
but being up, having the library in 225, it's kind of sandwiched between the social studies wing mm-hmm. on the one side, on yeah. the second floor, and the well, and then the English. I mean, that floor is that whole floor is English and social studies, yeah. and mm-hmm. pretty much always has been, right? Well, I mean, always, always is a long time here. <laughs> always but for our days. The thought of leaving those people who had become my people mm-hmm. and trying to figure, trying to imagine what life was going to be down here. I'll tell you what, it's, this is the most beautiful space and not for a second have I been disappointed. Yeah, totally. Well, and even leaving that space of, it's such a big building in the sense of you, when you leave a space and you're in your own corner, you may, there's a lot of people here and it's a big building and you may not see those people and talk to those people. So being moved out of that is like, you're kind of crew you're with changes very quickly too. It does, it does change. And and we have had, it's been great to be down here with the band kids and the art kids. Mm-hmm. And, and that has been, that has been wonderful. It's just, it's been a new perspective. And this space that we are sitting in, it, it, it's phenomenal for our students. Yeah. We've got, you know, we're so diverse here. Just like you would be at any high school. So many different personalities. Look at the seating alone mm-hmm. that is offered here. Yeah. Hard seating, soft seating. You want to sit, you know, in the window and read a book. The, the, I just feel like we are able now. We, we did a lot up in the old space. Mm-hmm. One year we had 70. Remember that year we had 75,000 visitors that year. I mean, yes. in one year, that was yes. insane. Uh-huh. But what we can do here is we can provide a place for everybody in a very different way than we did yeah. upstairs. Mm-hmm. And even like I think of like teachers coming down here, it's like this is a college library feel. And like going back to that experience of like working at the library and planning, and doing your homework and stuff here. And then like for teachers to be transported back to that, like even for teachers, it's a great space to be doing those things. It is. And we have we do have several teachers who like to come down and spend their plan periods down here working um, it's a ni- nice, quiet space, and we have lots of electrical outlets. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> and the, that really makes a difference yeah. in people's lives. Yeah. It's like the coffee shop that has electric outlets everywhere, yes. and you don't have to talk to anybody. Too funny. So looking back the old library to this one, what are some of the modern things that then Dr. Bennett and others who were stakeholders in this decision for this, what are some of the things you included in this to make it a modern library? My kids and my wife and I went to the Omaha Public Library, shout out. <laughs> uh, a lot this summer, especially the downtown branch, because it was brand new. And it just like just such a cool place to like if you could design a library, what would it look like? We think of all the beautiful gothic design ones. But then you think of what does a modern one look like? So what how did you separate that old library versus new? What were some of your, your suggestions? We knew we wanted an open space. Mm-hmm. You know, we knew we, again, wanted a variety of different sorts of seating, which we really got. Um, we wanted that coffee house feel that you're describing mm-hmm. in, in at least part of the space we got that you know we have our two living rooms yep. that are just as purple and <laughs> and cozy as can the be nice lights yeah. the nice, with the nice lights we have what we call the sunrise bar mm-hmm. and that part to me is actually the most uh, coffee shop part of the library mm-hmm. and our students come in early in the morning and they sit and it's quiet in here to start. It's real quiet until about 7.30. And then as the uh, the traffic picks up, it gets a little a little bit louder, mm-hmm. but never, it's its own thing. It's never like the, the courtyard is, it's not like the hallways, yeah, you know? Totally. So um, just a lot of, you know, the providing variety. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely more space 
because the space we were in as really lovely and weird as it was, I always call it the brown shoe box. As long as we were in that brown shoe box, we were able to do so much, but we weren't giving students really, they need more space. They need more space than what we had up there. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we we about doubled in space and provided this in the real meaning of the term awesome yeah <laughs> this awesome space where you walk in and you can see the the river in two different places mm-hmm. and you can see into council bluffs and you see the planes taking off and you see the city and and the windows are so big you feel like you are a part of what is out there yeah so i mean so anyway it's fabulous mm-hmm. the the lab what we would have called the lab upstairs mm-hmm. we now Use it often. Yeah. we you know we call it the instructional um space and it is a tiered the tiered space mm-hmm. with the ginormous drop down screen yeah yeah that really has made this big open space it's allowed us to split this that that space off and make it into more of a an intimate classroom or if we're teaching two classes at a time we can split it, we can split the room, and we can teach in two different places. So yeah. it, it's super functional. Totally, and yes. even if, if you were, maybe one or two years later, they almost would have put a, there could have been a partition or like a movable space that would have been there too, but it does a great job of separating, and that's totally true. It does. I do remember the old days of being in that library. In 2019, we're pre-COVID, so those at home listening, kind of a timeline. So I remember when I was teaching in 2019, if you wanted a computer, you had to check out a cart, get library time, not an easy thing to do. Um, and you go and they'd work there and you needed to be in that physical space. We didn't get iPads till 2021, 20, 20, August of 2020, August July, of 2020. And, July and August, right? Yeah. Maybe. So it transformed then the, okay, where, how can you get devices? Where do you do the digital things? Where, how does that come from? So it really transformed your space in the sense of you used to have the computers everywhere. And there was mm-hmm. a, a tower computer that oh. sat there all the time or a laptop now we have iPads and it changes it all it changes, changes this space everything. like crazy, like in a digital way. And as hard as you try to look forward and predict what is going to happen, mm-hmm. we in 2018 and 2019, before we moved in here in during spring break of 2019, yeah. we thought we were going to have a lab with monitors, with towers. And that ended up for a variety of reasons that did not come together. And we weren't sure what we were going to do, but all that did was it led to us getting creative about, okay, well then how are we going to use this space differently? Mm-hmm. And that those towers would have become basically defunct in a year and a half. Yeah. Right. Totally. So COVID happens a year later and then each student has their own device. We don't need the towers at all. Yeah. You know, and so we didn't have as librarians, we didn't have that foresight, but the way it has turned out, it's it's perfect. Yeah, it's great. it was a really like a, a, a opportune time. Like just hit just right to see that. So that's really cool to see. Well, let's take a turn a little bit for the worst. Lately, when it comes to books and librarians and a little bit of education, there's a lot of politicization going mm-hmm. on. There's been attacks on librarians recently uh, here, even in our local state. So how are you trying to make sure you're giving students access to books that represent them, that look like them, despite the, the ugliness of the outside political world? Mm-hmm. How are you juggling that? You know, I think for my teaching partner and I think we 
that is always in the back of our mind, but mm-hmm. is it not yet in the front of our mind that it is affecting our jobs? It's not affecting the way we are interacting with students. Totally. Okay, we have not had a challenge, but also having said that, knowing what is going on politically now when we're purchasing books, we can't help but see through that filter mm-hmm. of what if. Totally. And so probably subconsciously we are making choices to not purchase things that we would have felt more free to purchase totally. in the past. That, that's still in the back of your mind. That's someone so. holding you back, I would bet too. But I don't think it is yet in our in this in this physical space. I don't think it's changed things in how we interact with our students. Totally. Let's hope we can keep that. Well, and even Omaha Public Schools has a connection to Common Sense Media, which I know you've used before. And Common Sense Media does a great job for parents at home that are listening. Common Sense is a provides lessons and recommendations and things. Even if you go there and, hey, it's this book, this movie, this podcast. I don't know if we're on there. Maybe we are. Um, you can go there and you can see a recommendation of what this is about. Really, like, they're such a great resource. And, and the district having a connection to Common Sense as the company mm-hmm. They're keeping the idea of what's best for kids in mind. We didn't expect it. Yeah. yeah. So thinking of, of your children, I, I think whenever I interview teachers who have kids who went here, I think like the best validation of a school being great is when teachers send their kids to the school they teach at. Back in the day, I think of probably when I first started, before I started teaching, we talked about there's the expectation you live in the town you teach in. Yeah. Your kids will go to that school and the school and the community expect you to buy into that. In today's world, not as much. You don't have to necessarily live in that neighborhood. You don't have to live in that area. So, but you sent both your kids here and that's a huge validation of the school. So what was that decision like to send both your boys through this system? Okay, so long story. (laughs) We originally lived in Millard. Mm -hmm. Our kids were born in Millard. Okay. And when we looked to move to our second home, we wanted wanted our kids to be in a magnet school. Okay. We wanted them to be with the kind of people that we knew they would be sitting next to at work when they were 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they, we wanted them to, um, to be exposed to a more diverse classroom. And so we did that. We moved into OPS. Our kids went to a magnet school out West. Obviously I've talked about it already. <laughs> it was a fabulous, it was a fabulous experience for them. Great education. They went to Buffett Middle School. Then, they, of course, they had to decide to come here. Well, before they just had to decide to come here, my niece mm-hmm. is three years ahead of my oldest okay. student. Yeah, um, She also lived out west, went to the same schools that my kids, kids had gone to. And so she was the one who did the open houses. Yes, the that opened the door and could tell you the real kind of what you wanted to know type thing. Yes. So she was, she started out in seventh, went to seventh grade. Went in seventh grade, went to the eighth grade open houses, mm-hmm. walked into the doors of Central High School by the Sacred Sea That's and fun. said, this is where I'm going. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, Ben, the rest is really history. Yeah. I probably would not have ever considered working in the downtown high school mm-hmm. without her having made the choice to go here yeah. and without my sister and brother-in-law supporting that. Yeah. If you think about it. And it was absolutely a natural fit for our kids to to follow her, to follow me here. Mm-hmm. Because of who they are, I can't see them and they couldn't see themselves at any other school. 
Wow. It just was, it really was a natural fit. Even though they had gone to elementary school and middle school out West, mm-hmm. this was absolutely the place for them. Wow. That's so cool to see. Well, even it kind of comes full circle because I assume this is McKenna Payton we're talking yeah. about, right? So McKenna now joining the Omaha public, joining Central High staff too. Yeah. So very kind of cool to see that all kind of come full. It is so all cool. the way around. And, and, and um, I would be remiss if I did not mention my nephew Connor, who mm-hmm. also graduated in the class of 2019. Yes. And my nephew Finn, who is going to be an eighth grader. Guess where? At Lewis and Clark. That's awesome. guess where he will be. Coming a year from now, yeah, Central a, High School. Such a cool thing to just like set that that trajectory of what that looks like and how to get there too. Oh. So when I say that Central, what's special about Central is family and the connections and all in the community and all of that. Mm-hmm. For me, that has that's about three layers deep. Yeah. The family <laughs> thing. Yeah. It's 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 reality, not just theoretical family. Totally, that's awesome. Well, that family part's a p- great piece because even though this is your episode, we c- we'd be remiss to not mention, of course, your husband, legendary teacher Scott Wilson. Yeah. And you two, even if you listen back at Scott's episode, he kind of takes us through kind of your guys's first friends, and then when your relationship starts and things like that. So take us through for you, where you were a teacher here, your boys went here, even had Scott as a teacher. Yeah. What has it been like then to be married to? I mean, person who's built into central much like the limestone. So what has that been like yeah. that, that transition yeah, yeah, yeah. again? <laughs> well, I mean, you have to know that's part of what I liked about him, right? Yeah. <laughs> the family thing just extends. The, the family, family just got thing a just extends. And, and uh, you know, I bled purple way before he and I started dating. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it, it is just kind of a natural, in a way, a natural extension of that. And he and I have got to work on a lot of projects here together. And it is so much fun. Yeah. It is so fun to be creative with your partner in life. Mm-hmm. And so we we have done all sorts of things. We will continue to do projects for the school, for our students, for our for our community. Um, it just is it just is a, a it's comfortable mm-hmm. and we don't work together all day long. Yeah. Some days. And we typically drive separately because we're kind of on kind of we're on two different schedules. We don't come and go at the same time. Yeah. So we most days won't even see each other at school. Yeah. So <laughs> so yes, we work together, but it's not like we're together twenty four hours a mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Maybe even see each other in passing. Oh, I was down doing this, that that type of thing too. That's great. That's great to see that that extension there. So let's get in closing. This is just like our opening question. This one's extremely open-ended. What's your message to the Central High community, the students, the parents, the alumni, the the stakeholders within this building? What's your message to them as as Beth Wilson? Okay, well, I, I, I guess for those people who have been here in the past, our alumni, our former, um, our, our parents of former students, mm-hmm. they always want to know, so what is it like there now? What is it like there? And, and honestly, the more things change the more they stay the same. Yeah. And so there's just the currents of we will always be Central High School. Yeah. So this is a phenomenal place to work. This is a phenomenal community to be a part of. Our students are so diverse and have so many different interests and come from so many different backgrounds and are going in so many different directions. Um, I would a million times over send my kids here. And, and I think you're right. I think there's no better endorsement than that. Mm-hmm. Totally. Well, I love that. That's great. That's a great closing message. I appreciate you spending the time sitting down with me. It's 
always funny to kind of poke at teachers and say, hey, what do you think about yeah. this? And we don't get to share that. So I appreciate you for joining me for Chatting at the Sea. It's been fun. Thanks, Ben. Thank you. Mm-hmm.